0: Last week, President Biden made a big promise in the fight against climate change.
1: It's the most ambitious climate protection target ever set in U.S. history.
2: President Biden just committed to cut greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030. At least half by 2030. That's compared to 2005 levels. To reach that goal, the U.S. would need to cut fossil fuel use in every sector of the economy.
1: Biden calling it a moral imperative, he said it also is an opportunity to create millions of new jobs.
0: The Biden administration would like to move the country away from oil and gas, fossil fuels that contribute to climate change, and toward clean energy like wind and solar. And that has big implications for the future of the U.S. oil and gas industry. So we called up U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Do these policies suggest we're coming to the end of oil? No, I don't.
1: I mean, I think oil is going to be around for a long time. But I do think
0: that there's a real commitment globally to decarbonize the fossil fuel sector. And she says the U.S. oil and gas industry needs to make some changes.
1: You don't want to end up being left behind. You don't want to be the Kodak or the, you know, blockbuster videos when Netflix arrives on the scene. And right now... I would say that clean energy is where it's at.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Limelot. It's Tuesday, April 27th. Coming up on the show, U.S. Energy Secretary Granholm on the push for clean energy and the future of the oil and gas industry.
2: This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more.
0: To reach its goal of 50 percent greenhouse gas reduction, the Biden administration proposes cutting fossil fuel consumption in transportation and power generation. Secretary Granholm says when it comes to the transition to clean energy, the country needs to step up. The United States has got to get in the game and build and manufacture again
1: the kinds of products that will get us to this big goal of a clean energy sector. It is a $23 trillion global opportunity in the next decade, a demand for products that
0: reduce carbon pollution. And the question is, who's going to make those products? And she says that oil and gas companies in the U.S. need to embrace clean energy. I mean, industry
1: can see where it's going. And they will be lapped by others if they don't get in the game. So, you know, it's do or die in this, uh, as in all industries, right?
0: But asking this industry to pivot to clean energy could be challenging, given its size. Last year, the oil and gas sector contributed about $100 billion to the U.S. economy, and it employs more than 1 million people. So after we talked to Secretary Granholm, we asked our colleague Russell Gold, who covers climate and energy, for his thoughts on the Biden administration's plans.
3: You really have to think about it in historical context. Since the 1800s, we've fueled our economy by burning fossil fuels, first coal and then very much beginning in the early 20th century on oil and then natural gas. And what we're talking about is shifting away from that, partly at first and and eventually largely away from that. It is really a it's sort of a phenomenal shift. We're the global leader. We've been sort of one of the three top countries producing oil and gas, a million jobs. Certainly large portions of the country are very dependent on oil and gas production for tax revenue, for jobs. It was sort of walking away quickly from oil and gas uh, would have a very significant effect.
0: How is the White House proposing to institute these sweeping changes in the energy sector?
3: What we're hearing coming out of Washington, D.C., and so far, the details have been very scant. But in broad strokes, they're very pro electric vehicles, building out charging stations. They're talking about extending uh, tax credits to encourage renewable development. If I were an oil and gas producer, I would certainly not be feeling a lot of love right now uh, coming out of the White House and of Washington, D.C. Most of what they're talking about, whether it's infrastructure, spending or tax policy, uh, is geared toward fuels that compete with them.
0: How prepared is the oil and gas industry to make this kind of shift? I
3: would say right now they're really not prepared. Different companies in the oil and gas industry are approaching this differently. Some of the European majors, BP, Shell and Total, have begun to explore and build up fairly sizable uh, renewable energy wings, trying to figure out ways to make money. In the United States, we're seeing less of that. Uh, Exxon and Chevron are definitely lagging behind their European counterparts. So right now, I would say overall, they are not prepared to sort of embrace this new energy transition that's going on, this new form of energy.
0: So where does that leave the oil and gas industry?
3: Well, that's a really great question. I mean, we've already started to see investment into the oil and gas industry starting to shrink. And a lot of that's being driven by the fact that investors are looking at oil and gas and, you know, they're really getting a lot of pressure, both investor pressure to move away from oil and gas, but also concerns about how long some of these assets will be around. And this is really a situation where the money is beginning to talk and moving in some ways ahead of sort of public sentiment and and governments. The other big trend I think we're going to see is that oil companies, oil and gas companies, are going to struggle, and some will be successful, some won't, to try to redefine themselves as energy or energy and carbon companies.
0: Russell says that some oil and gas companies will likely try to expand into wind and solar, and they may also try to make oil and gas cleaner by embracing new technologies that would do things like capture and store carbon.
3: That's something that could potentially very much play into the strengths of the oil and gas companies, which really are just giant engineering and banking companies. So, you know, what is it going to take to build a system where we really tackle this carbon challenge? Well, it's going to take engineering and it's going to take money. So... You know, I would not be surprised by the time 2030 rolls around if we have a much smaller number of very large energy companies that are involved in many different facets of both energy production, whether it's oil, gas, renewables, but also, broadly speaking, carbon management.
0: But what does this mean for the more than a million people who work in the oil and gas industry? Secretary Granholm's answer to that question after the break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more.
0: Secretary Granholm took over the Energy Department two months ago. And she says she wants the agency to take a more active role fighting climate change. I mean, historically, of
1: course, the Department of Energy has focused on our nuclear deterrent and on research and development in our 17 national labs. And that will continue. And that's really important. But what I want to see happen, and I think with the Biden administration, I know what the Biden administration wants to see happen, is that we take the technology that has been researched and we know is ready into the country and put steel in the ground and make sure it's deployed. Our mantra here is deploy,
0: deploy, deploy. In other words, the Energy Department is focusing on actions it can take to help the administration reach its carbon reduction goals, like building hundreds of thousands of charging stations for electric vehicles, and installing more solar panels and wind turbines. What's your message to the more than a million people connected to the oil and gas industry in the U.S.?
1: The message to the uh, people who are connected to the oil and gas industry is that technology, technological solutions exist to decarbonize the fossil fuel sector. And so being able to use technology to decarbonize is really important, number one. Number two, that this clean energy sector is going to provide millions of jobs. So people who have skills, for example, in mining could also be mining for the critical materials like cobalt or lithium that are in the batteries that store energy for utilities or that power the electric
0: vehicle industry. There's so many jobs, and that opportunity is there for the taking. But Russell cautions that there may not be as many jobs in clean energy as there are in oil and gas.
3: Very clearly, there are some very good jobs being created. A, a wind technician, if you, you want to climb up to the top of wind turbines and repair these very complicated machines, I mean, these are jobs that will um, you know, pay you six figures, low six figures, but they're just not that many of them compared to the jobs that are being displaced. The bulk of jobs in the renewable sector are installing solar panels, insulation. They're not the highest paying jobs, and they're also not recurring jobs. Once you've installed the solar panels, You don't install them a second time. So I have some questions, and I think mostly what the research shows is that as we transition from an oil and gas economy to a renewable economy, you're going to see a net decrease in the number of jobs that are needed to keep the energy system flowing.
0: Do the skill sets really line up?
3: In part, sure. I mean, these are blue-collar jobs. These are jobs uh, largely that appeal to people who like working outside, who like problem-solving on the fly there is definitely some retraining that's required. But if you take someone who's used to working out in the Permian Basin of West Texas in the heat and the cold with the rattlesnakes, and then you switch them over to climbing up wind turbines and and working out in West Texas again, I mean, it's there's some compatibility there. I've visited in Woodward, Oklahoma, a technology training school where they were taking roughnecks and roustabouts and retraining them to be wind technicians. And I think by and large, after 6 to 12 months of training, these... People were very capable and ready to go out and tackle the new jobs.
0: The administration's first big proposal to fight climate change is its $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan that it calls the American Jobs Plan. The idea is to invest in electric cars and energy-efficient buildings and also to fund training programs, similar to the one Russell saw.
1: We very much are attentive to the coal and oil and gas communities. So the president signed an executive order for an intergovernmental working group on coal and power plant communities. And that uh, is a commitment to steer federal resources to help those communities attract job providers, attract jobs, train people for those jobs to make sure that these communities are not left behind.
0: Looking at the infrastructure bill, the Biden administration appears to be leaning more toward carrots, incentives for clean energy production and away from sticks kind of regulation or adding cost to fossil fuel use. Is that a fair characterization? And when might more stick be necessary?
1: Well, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, it's uh, sometimes you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, but I think it requires a combination of uh, carrots and sticks. Uh, Obviously, the authorities for regulation exist and the carrots have had not as much, which is what this American Jobs Plan provides. But I think the good news is, is that in many ways, Industry is seeing that you don't need a stick because the market is the stick. (laughs) The market is already making a lot of decisions in this vein. And so I don't know how many sticks will be necessary. I'm sure there will need to have some and there are the ability to to use existing authority to do that. What kind of sticks would you... Well, I mean, obviously there's, you know, EPA has some sticks, etc. But I think the desire is to, to make sure that people understand the opportunity in this space.
0: Russell says so far the administration has focused on incentives and hasn't yet proposed many penalties.
3: You know, we haven't seen uh, talk of a carbon tax. What we've seen is uh, clean energy standards to encourage uh, states and, and utilities to move in a different direction. And I thought that was really one of the more fascinating parts of the interview was when you started asking about, well, what kind of sticks are there out there? And, you know, I, I don't think she directly answered it, but... We're certainly heading in that direction. The first thing you do is you use the carrots. You try to entice a change in behavior. And if that doesn't get you far enough, then come the sticks, which clearly are more controversial.
0: Are you worried about the possibility that a bubble could be created as there's money chasing the energy transition?
1: I think that what this, the way this has been crafted, it has been crafted by the folks by the Economic Council who know where the needs are so that that kind of bubble you, you talk about will not be created, but that this will go directly in the proportion of supply and demand that is necessary. There's so much that is necessary infrastructure-wise that um, this bill is targeted to the needs that exist. And I would suggest that there's a lot of people who think it can be a lot larger.
0: What worries you most as far as potential shocks that could come from this major transition in the energy sector?
1: I worry that we won't go fast enough, honestly. I I want us, uh, you know, as I keep saying to our team, our hair should be on fire. I worry that if we do not move quickly enough to capture some of the manufacturing opportunities that this clean energy sector provides, that we will cede the territory to our economic competitors. We cannot be idle. So what keeps me up at night is that we will go too slow and we will be too tepid.
0: That's all for today, Tuesday, April 27th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.